Hey City Church, my name is Jacob and this is City Church Together for Wednesday, August 12th. Today we are continuing in our conversation on being gay and Christian. So let's jump back in. Uh, another question um, that I hear is, why can't Christians agree to disagree on gay marriage and see this as a secondary issue such as baptism? And so why can't we see this as a secondary issue? Right. So this is this is a question of like, uh, um, I, I assume that the asker here means baptism, like, you know, some churches uh, will baptize children, uh, so have infant baptism and and you know, covenant theology, et cetera. And so we, we would not go to those churches and say, you're not really Christians because you're baptizing babies and we believe in believer's baptism. Um, and so why isn't, you know, why can't we just say, well, there are Christians who really are people following Jesus who maybe are, are in a gay marriage. Um, um, let me start with, let me start with this. Um, that is, there is a mystery to the way that God saves and who God saves. And yeah. in one sense, there's clarity, okay, that there's no doubt that there's a, a union with Christ that has to be there and that, God, that Christ is to cover our sins and no, no doubt there. But I also know that a theme of Scripture is that we are, we are going to be surprised. Mm -hmm. There is this element of surprise that those that, um, if you'll just allow me some rudimentary talk, those who are sure they're in might find themselves out. And those who everybody is sure is out might find themselves in. Right. So I am always very careful to make big assumptions, especially based on one particular sin, even ongoing sin in mm. a person's life, to say, aha, you're definitely out. Um, I just, I, I want to be very, very careful about that. Right. Um, you know, the old joke goes, two people see each other in heaven and they both say, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, <laughs> so there, there is, I mean, that's a big theme in the New Testament is, is the, the first will be last and the last will be first. Mm -hmm. Just the surprise of the kingdom of God. Okay. So let, let's, let's lodge that first. Now, why second, uh, maybe to come from um, a different angle that more directly answers this question. Um, why is this an issue? Let's just say for City Church, for us, why is this an issue that we are we are not willing to say we we can agree to disagree? Um, uh, in terms of can uh, the, so the, the to be clear, the question that or or the the statement that we would be disagreeing on is that God sees um, that there is a a possibility that God sees um, homosexual. Uh, relationships in marriage as a possibility like that's like a man and a man and a woman and a woman could get married and they they could they could mirror what's happening with a man and a woman in marriage okay and so we would say we believe no that's actually not the case um, um i i would point you to two places in scripture one that we um one that we read um we referenced this last week and i preached about um, a couple weeks ago, is first in First Corinthians six. Um, this is um, one of a few places where uh, Romans one is another one. Uh, first Timothy, 
uh, I believe, or Second Timothy, um, where um, specifically uh, homosexuality is mentioned in a list of other, including greediness, swindling, um, some other things that like a, a group of sins in which it's it's saying like you no know, people. God does not endorse this activity, and in fact, it is it is this activity that is separating people from God, or these activities that this is the way that our idolatry plays out. This is the way that our rejection of God plays out, which is what Romans 1 is about. Our rejection Here's the way that our rejection of God plays out in our sexuality. Here's the way that our rejection of God plays out in the use of our resources, all right? So it those passages make it, make it clear um, after study, um, those passages make it clear that it would be for us to, to um, call a um, homosexual marriage, to call that valid and right in the eyes of God would be against what God has said. Um, and, to, uh, and then the other passage is uh, in Revelation, or another passage, um, Revelation 17 and uh, and we we actually may have done this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, in Revelation 17, it is, uh, of course, a description of the end of all things. Uh, this is Revelation 17. It says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me. Come, I will show you the judgment of the, of the notorious prostitute who is seated on many waters. The kings of the earth committed sexual immorality with her, and those who live on the earth became drunk on the wine of her sexual immorality. Then he carried me away in the spirit to wilderness. Okay, this is a picture of um, uh, the one of the main tools that is used by Satan um, in at the end time sexual immorality. One of the main weapons of the church is prayer, and so you see kind of these go back and forth in the Book of Revelation: sexual immorality with prayer, and there is a high calling to. Uh, um, or there's a deception that happens here for the church in that um, they sort of get in bed with this prostitute. Uh, that's a metaphor, but of course it's a it's a metaphor describing the actual. Um, so sexual immorality becomes something that that the church is held responsible for because in the end times, um, because they they sort of all went along with this prostitute. So it becomes uh, and and are condemned for it. Um, you know, lampstands are put out if you go to, to Revelation chapter 1. So that's why I would say this is not, um, that is not happening with whether or not you baptize babies. Um, Paul does give us, like in 1 Corinthians, he does give us some things that, yeah, it's okay to, to disagree, agree to disagree on. Um, uh, in Specifically, he does that with food sacrificed to idols and because that was an issue at the time. And he says, listen, for some of you, you should not, you know, food sacrifice to idols, fine. Some of you can eat it and not sear your conscience. Others of you, you just need to not see your conscience, but then he explains why it would be okay for a person to do it. That is not, that is nowhere in the scripture. In fact, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I hear often as I read or as engage and talk with people is, well, you know, Jesus and or Paul uh, did not, they don't understand committed marriage in the way uh, committed homosexual marriage in the way that we now understand it. They don't have a category for that. There's actually a, a significant amount of, of understanding of that time of, yes, there were, there were some homosexual relationships that we would still, you know, 
pretty universally condemned now. But there were like um, mutual agreed upon homosexual relationships that are happening in that time. And Paul does not make a se- exception for those. If, if you want to get really boring, you know, the, the Greek words in 1 Corinthians 6 and, and uh, in other places in the New Testament um, actually um, end up coming out pretty clear um, that that there's there are other words that Paul could have used. For example, if he wanted to talk about, you know, pedastry, you know, uh, in, the, in the Roman culture, men using little boys sexually, um, that sometimes that claim is made that those those words existed for Paul because all of those aberrations, sexual aberrations existed, but he didn't do that. Um, he, he didn't use those words. He didn't choose those words. He chose a much broader category, porneia, sexual morality, and then um, and then seemed to link up words like in First Corinthians six with the words from Leviticus. I told you, like Leviticus, you get to the Septuagint, and um, all that said is it, it, it seems pretty clear that God has made this an issue of, um, no, you, this is just like you can't call greed good um, and you can't call swindling good. And we can't, so we, we can't call sex that's outside of God's design good either. And that's why this is a gospel issue because anytime we tell people that they are safe and okay to embrace and or celebrate or call something evil that is, we call something evil that's good or vice versa. Like now we're into territory where we're sending people into sort of delusions like you have in, in um, Revelation 17 and that Paul speaks of in Romans 1, God giving people over to their, to their delusions of their idolatry. Um, and so it's not an it's not an issue that we can agree to disagree on. But going back to the first question, we can still love. We can still make relationships. We can yeah. still sacrifice and give. Absolutely. Thank you, Trevor, for giving us insights there. As we continue to, as a church, educate ourselves on how to navigate these relationships and uh, navigate, um, frankly, the controversy of this issue. What are some good resources for people to learn more about how Christianity engages homosexuality? And what do each of these resources provide? And what what does it get what understanding does it give us a clearer view of? Yeah, I will I will try to limit myself. Um and I, I I'm gonna try to give something for um uh people people want to do a deep dive and and people who who like just Give me the pamphlet version. Um, there's a there's a little book um, by Sam uh, Alberry, who is a gay Christian, um, and it's a uh, the title of the book is God Anti Gay. Um, I think it is all of it's less than a hundred pages, like eighty five pages. The pages are small, um, and there there are a lot of questions that that he seeks to answer there. Um, so it's, is God anti-gay and other questions about homosexuality, the Bible and same-sex attraction. Um, so this is Sam Alberry, A-L-L-B-E-R-R-Y. Um, and I think we can put these in the show notes. Um, so that's, that's what I would suggest for somebody who's like, man, I, I have never really engaged this at all. And I've had friends ask me questions and I, I kind of want to know where I stand and, but you don't want to do a lot of reading. Here's one. Um, another, I'll give a website. That I can't remember off the top of uh, livingout.com. There it comes. Okay. <laughs> um, it, I, I believe it's livingout.com. Um, 
If you type in livingout.com and it doesn't seem like a red a website I would recommend to you, then maybe that's not it. <laughs> well, I suppose we'll double check this and put it in the show notes. Yes. Um, but I, I'm almost positive that's it. Livingout.com. It's a, a website produced by um, some Christians in the in the UK, um, not University of Kentucky, but um, over there in the United Kingdom. Um, and uh, uh, it has just some some good resources. Um, so that's a that's a website that you can go to. Um, for those of you, uh, the next level book up, I would say, um, is uh, Preston Sprinkle. Uh, people to be loved, why homosexuality is not just an issue. Um, this book in particular will take you into the weeds of all the Bible verses. Um, and I would actually recommend Preston Sprinkle just in general. He's done a lot of work on this um, and is a uh, very faithful, patient, um, understandable biblical scholar. Um, so this book, that book, People to be Loved is one of my favorites on this particular subject. So I would highly recommend that to you. Uh, Preston Sprinkle's got a podcast called Theology in the Raw. It's not always about um, um, gay Christian issues, but it, it he often covers those themes. And so you could look through there and find what podcast uh, or what episode you might be interested in. But that's Preston Sprinkle, his book, People to be Loved. Um, and then if you want to step it up, yeah, like if you if you really want to get deep into philosophy and understanding, um, uh, understanding some of the things that shape this, I, I've got two for you. Um, one is uh, from a uh, brother from brother down under. Um, uh, this is an Australian theologian, Jonathan Grant. His book, Divine Sex, which was one of my favorites to read in coffee shops. I just sit over in the corner. <laughs> With my book open, held up, reading the book on divine sex. It was uh, so subtle. Yeah, it's very subtle. <laughs> so it's called Divine Sex, uh, A Compelling Vision for Christian Relationships in a Hypersexualized Age. Mm. Um, this is, um, it's definitely a bit higher level reading, um, but um, very, very good book. And then um, the other one that you can always remember with the old Backstreet Boys song. This one's called Love Thy Body. Everybody. Yeah, I love thy body. All right, so that's uh, I never <laughs> see the cover of this book and not do that. Um, so love thy body. It's Nancy Piercy, um, who is one of my favorite authors. Um, but love thy body by Nancy Piercy, um, and this book talks about sort of the separation of body and spirit that that happens that's happened in our in the Western world and philosophy how that's working out now in um, from homosexuality to transgenderism all the way through. So uh, just very good stuff there. Um, and I, we could talk all day about resources. So if you want more elders at boroughcitychurch.com um, and I'm, I'm happy to pass on more once you get done with these. Excellent. Well, Trevor, thank you again for approaching this issue of with so much nuance, but also with pastoral care. I know that, uh, for me, it's been encouraging and for many others in our church. And so to close out our time, would you mind uh, uh, leading us in prayer? Yeah, I'll do that. Before uh, before I do that, um, I, w- one of the things that's that's really difficult that I wrestle with when I talk about this issue um, is what I just said there, this issue. Um, man, we have covenant members in our church who are same-sex attracted and following Jesus. And um, I, I can sort of, just through my conversations with them, I can I can feel the target. Mm. You know, I can feel sort of the to, just to be talked about 
Right. You know what I mean? To be talked about just feels weird as it's an, as it's, as if it's an issue mm-hmm. and and not people and it can be very dehumanizing for someone to just talk about your issue. Um and you know, we we need to talk about it. But um for those of you listening who happen to be same sex attracted and whether you're following Jesus or not, um I, I just want you to know that I wrestle with that. Um that I, I'm not my aim is not to do it coldly. Um we're you know we're inside of a context and of the medium becomes the message, unfortunately, and we're inside of a context in a podcast where um, I'm trying to answer a question. So um, I just want to acknowledge that fact. I don't think I'm doing it right. I don't think I'm doing it best. Um, but I just want to acknowledge that you're human beings that the Lord loves and I love. And this is not, we're not talking about an issue here. We're talking about real life. Um, so let me close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, Uh, you know, I don't know what, if somebody was doing a podcast on my issue, what that would be, or if, you know, the prevalent underlying sort of thing that runs through the back of my head, if people started talking about it and writing books on it, um, how singled out I would feel, how exposed I might feel. So Father, will you give your presence right now to those people who are listening? Um, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, um, you know, gender dysphoric, whatever, questioning, whatever's happening right now. Father, I know that you love them, so will you give them right now um, from your Holy Spirit a reaffirmation that they are people created in your image and that you deeply love them. And Father, for our church, as we um, seek to love and seek to include in the kingdom of God. Give us wisdom and discernment, but above all, give us love. And we know because you've taught us that love leads with sacrifice. Love leads with putting ourselves out for the sake of others. May we do that, Father, with our LGBTQ neighbors. We love you. I am so thankful that you don't love me because I am heterosexual. I'm so thankful that you don't love me because um, as long as um, I, I keep up a proper marriage, I'm so thankful that you don't love me based on my performance or my production, but you love me because you made me yours. You love me and adopted me before all of that. Thank you. And thank you for that hope that is offered to every single one of these listeners. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.